0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Story Podcast. My name is Zach Barker. Today's episode is going to be another song devotional. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to do uh, just a little sneak peek of what to expect um, in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, I've got some exciting uh, ideas for song devotionals. Um, I'm actually going to have a guest guest. Song devotional from one of my favorite worship leaders. Very excited about that. So look forward to that in a couple weeks. And then also, in every week in December, I will be doing uh, song devotionals to my favorite Christmas songs. And I know Christmas songs are divisive. Uh, It's very binary. People are either in love with them, play them incessantly the day after Halloween, all about it. Or people... Can't stand it. They don't like when they walk into stores and hear Christmas songs. And so uh, if you are one of those people, I apologize. Don't listen during December because as for me and my podcast, we will talk about Christmas songs because they have some of the best theology. They're some of those beautiful words and we only sing them for one month out of the year. Nah. So uh, if anything like me, I've been known to sneak in a Christmas song in September. Yeah. So we'll see uh, how that goes. But just wanted to give a little preview as to what's coming up on the Worship Story podcast. But for today, this is uh, a song that I heard probably about a year and a half ago for the first time. And if it's anything, like your church quickly became a congregational favorite and it's so easy to sing and listen to and respond to. Um, and so today we are going to dive into the song Waymaker. You make miracle work.
1: Promise keep light in the dark.
0: This song was written by Nigerian gospel singer Sinach and originally recorded as a single in 2016. Since then, has been recorded in over 50 languages by almost every recording worship artist. Um, talk about a transcendent song. Uh, and the version you just heard a, a clip of that I'm going to play at the end is uh, the first version that I heard, which was Leland's cover on uh, his live album in, from 2019 called Better Word. So where to begin with this song? Um, earlier on in my uh, career, I guess, as, as a worship pastor, a mentor of mine gave me uh, the job description for being a worship leader. And I've just held on to that and clung to that and really based a lot of the ethos of how I lead around that. And it's this very simple sentence that as a worship leader, your job is to point the way and clear the path. Point towards Jesus. He is the way and clear the path. Clear the path of anything that might get in the way of truly worshiping Jesus. It's not my job to explain everything, but it's my job to point at Jesus and get things that might be distracting out of the way. And this song does all of that lyrically. And so I wanted to do something a little bit differently this week. Usually I walk straight through each section of the song in the order that it's sung. But for this song, the bulk of what I want to walk through is in the four names of God that are used in the chorus. So I'm going to quickly walk through the three verses because they are really just clearing the path for the chorus. They're helping get out of the way. So how how do these verses clear the path? Here's a fantastic quote from the late Eugene Peterson. He writes, Worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. Worship is the time and place we assign for deliberate attentiveness to God, not because He's confined to time and place, but because our self importance is so insidiously relentless that if we don't deliberately interrupt ourselves regularly, we have no chance of attending to Him. At all the other times and in other places. So, what the verses of this song do by starting with "You are here" and so I worship you, it it repeats that pattern a bunch of times. And what this does is, is each time, it's reminding ourselves <laughs> to interrupt our preoccupation with who we are and attend to what God is doing. And so, each verse has that same repeated pattern. You are here moving in our midst, working in this place, touching every heart, healing every heart, turning lives around, mending every heart. And so I worship you. And all three of these verses do this repetitively and it's such a great way of just clearing the path and pointing towards who God is. These words are reminding us that God is here. Now, in this place, when we worship him, we're setting all other things aside and properly enthroning him to his rightful place at the forefront of our hearts and minds. And who is this God we're worshiping? Well, let's get to the chorus. Who is God? God is I am. It's not only what he's done, but who he is and what he's going to do. And so these four names that are repeated over and over in the chorus of this song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. And then it says, my God, that is who you are. And all of these names, again, are, are not just who he is or what he has done, what he's going to do all four of these have unique different attributes of of God and what I love about this song is it declares all of these in the midst of what I was talking about in those verses setting aside everything else God you are here moving working healing mending and so I worship you so let's look at those four names for a second and just kind of zoom in a little bit um so waymaker obviously the name of the song um but for me if you've listened to the the intro uh to this podcast the short little intro episode um i say that i think my my life verse is in isaiah 43 and um in verses 18 and 19 it says forget the former things do not dwell on the past See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And what God is saying to us is, I'm doing something new and exciting, and I want you to be a part of it. But why are you letting things get in the way? I'm the way maker. I'm the one who clears those things. Um, The wilderness in this text represents confusion and feeling lost. And the desert represents emptiness and death. And God is saying, I'm alive and moving in your life, but you're letting other things get in the way, so you can't see it. But don't worry. I'll clear away the confusion, and I'll bring life where there is death. Don't miss what I am doing. He is... The Waymaker, the next name, Miracle Worker. Um, this word miracle, I think, has kind of lost its luster, if you will, in, in our current current cultural climate. Um, a question I've been asking myself a lot and in, in our our church team, our church staff has been asking, like, why doesn't the the church globally think in this, like, yeah, but what if God could do this anymore. Um, To kind of paint an example of that, one of my favorite stories in in Scripture is in Luke 7, and verses 1 through 10, it's uh, the faith of the centurion. And when Jesus enters Capernaum, there, uh, well, I'll just read it from verse 2. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation, he's built our synagogue. So they're they're, you know, is the, the centurion's servants are trying to implore Jesus like, "Hey, this is a good guy. Um we we listen. Will you come with us?" So Jesus went with him. And when he was not far from the house it says The the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found that the servant was well. So what does that have to do with miracles? This centurion says something so brilliant says, "For I myself am a man under authority. Talking to Jesus. Well, his, his people are talking to Jesus. But he's saying, say this to Jesus. I myself understand authority. I'm a part of this Roman empire that's built on rank and file. And if I say this, it happens. And he's saying that to Jesus. I've heard of what you can do. I know who you are. And you have an authority. And so if you say it's going to happen then it's going to happen. So will you just say it? You don't even have to show up. I know that if you just say it, my servant will be healed. That's a miracle. That idea, that faith of having, Jesus, I understand who you are. And so can you just do this? Because you have all authority that's been given to you. I think as a church, we have become disenchanted Because our our culture has used science and logic and, and reason to explain everything away. And those things aren't inherently bad. But I think the church has kind of fallen into that too far. We have lost the mystery and the wonder that Jesus is the healer, the raiser of the dead, the multiplier of fishes and loaves. He can do anything. And it's not just something that we read about in ancient text, it's something that is alive and he's still moving and breathing and doing miracles. Now we just lack the faith to believe in that. And so what if we carried our faith with that wonder and that mystery? How would we change rooms that we're in if we believed God can actually do anything he wants to because he's the miracle worker? So the third name in the chorus is the promise keeper. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. His promises are new every morning. We just need to accept them for ourselves and through the power of his spirit, stop believing any lies from the enemy. The Bible is filled with promises. He's the promise keeper, and we just need to believe that we are part of those thousand generations who love him and keep his commandments and that he know that he is faithful and carry ourselves as he is faithful. He's the promise keeper. And the fourth name, light in the darkness, John 1, 4, and 5, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love how Jesus is seen as light into a, a dark place. We're coming up on the Christmas season, and we always kind of use that that metaphor of Jesus' birth brought light into a dark world, right? And he, like the text says, He is the light that shines in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. He is the light in the darkness. So these choruses just declare these four names over and over, helping remind us, again, not just who God is and what he's done, but what he's going to do. And then we get to the bridge and it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop never stop working. How selfish our faith can become, um, and can it even really be called faith if it's only active when we, in our human brains, can fully understand it. Because if we can't see it, or we can't feel it, then it must not be working. Francis Chan has a great quote about about this and he says our idea of god's will is is pretty egocentric if if it's not working out for us then something is wrong with god's plan <laughs> and that's that is so true for us if we're honest with ourselves we feel like oh if i don't feel a certain way if i don't see a certain thing then then god must not be here he must not be in it he must not be working and that's just not who our god is We're never promised understanding. We're never promised timing. All we're promised and everything that we're promised is that He is good and that He loves us and that He is working. Whether we are able to get past ourselves, to see that is up to us. So for today... Which of these four attributes, these four names of God, might you need to claim? Do you need to claim that he's the way maker? That where there is no way, he's making a way? That he's doing something new? And maybe we just don't see it? I pray, Father, help us to see how you're making paths in the wilderness and creating streams of hope in the wasteland do you need to claim that he's the miracle worker God give me the faith of the centurion that still believes in miracles that believes you can do anything you want to that you are God and I am not help me to believe again in the mystery of your power To accept that I don't have to understand your timing or your ways, but know and believe that you are good and you are capable of anything. That if my heart is fully following you, your thoughts are my thoughts. And your heart is my heart. So your desires are my desires. And I can call upon the power of your name to do things that only you can get the credit for. Do you need to claim promise keeper? That God is faithful and true? Like I said before, the Bible is full of promises to his children that God will be with you, protect you, provide for you, be your strength, give you peace, give you words. That he will always love you and so many more. God, help us to know that you are the keeper of all promises, and that you are faithful and true to your kids. And maybe you need to claim today that he's the light in the darkness. Maybe you find yourself in a season of darkness, but know that Jesus is the light of the world, and he has overcome all darkness. And and don't get me wrong, darkness is real, and it's not just something you can flippantly turn away from which is a great quote from N.T. Wright talking about Jesus that Jesus wasn't like someone offering people a new type of torch so they could see better in the dark Jesus was like someone saying that the sun had risen and that if you'd only open the curtains you'd see that you don't need torches anymore He's the light in the dark places So which of these do you need today? I encourage you to pick one, and as this song plays, pray for God to reveal himself to you in a new way. Make one of these names of his come alive to you. Jesus is the way God made for us. So let's clear the path of any of the lies we might be holding on to and claim victory in these names of our way-making, miracle-working, praise-keeping, Light that overcomes all darkness, God.
1: together. Even when I don't see it. Come on. Even when. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop
2: working. You never stop. You never stop working. Come on.
1: His name is above cancer, his name is above every other name.